Good morning, Nicole, Miss Carter. Good morning, good morning. The curls are doing what they need to be doing today. They are. They are. I appreciate that. <laughs> How are you this morning? I am grateful. I'm in I'm in a big state of gratitude. So you know that's a you know when we get a big state of gratitude, we just let it like a wave. You just kinda you wanna you wanna savor it. You mm. wanna just let it you wanna just let it resonate. You don't wanna I don't wanna come out of it. So that's a lot of gratitude. How are you? How, how, where do I find you? Where, where do, do you find you? me? Oh, I feel like um, if I could be somewhere mentally, I would be like on a hammock, uh, on a tropical beach, just contemplating life. Cont okay. <laughs> okay. Contemplating life. Okay. Yes. That's kind of the space that I'm in right now. Just, you know, okay. yeah. good morning. Um, our, our friend Stefan, Chefon is in the building. Good morning. We had him last week for an incredible chat. Um, but this week we have Amir, um, which I'm so excited to bring on. I'm just going to, I'm not even going to, I'm just going to let, I'm just going to get him in. Okay. Um, there we go. Okay. All right, Amir, I'm requesting you to come in here. I'm, I like this three, this like multiple live thing. This is so cool. And it's so, uh, it's more fluid now. It's just really, I, I agree. You like it. There he is. What's up? What's up? Hi, everyone. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm still driving, trying to get to a, uh, my destination. I'm like a few minutes away. Okay. Up the street. So I'm going up Stalker though up in LA and there's like this little weird part in Stalker, like there's like a little drop off, so it starts getting in and out. Just know that's that's what's going on. Okay. Well with the name like Stalker, I would assume that maybe you know it could get funky. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, Nicole was saying that she was riding on the wave of gratitude. I said I was hanging on a hammock contemplating life. Where could we find you this morning mentally? mentally um focus to a goal mm. i don't even know what goal but my, my goal is so broad I, I, it's not like a specific goal i'm just focused I, i'll just say that i'm just focused mm. Mm -hmm. okay all right well we are here um and it's so funny because i finally got to meet amir y'all when i was in la um and uh, your amazing girl, Adrienne, who's just so wonderful. Um, but it had been a long time coming, actually. And uh, I remember like a couple years ago, you were having one of your, you know, amazing events, Eat, Move, Meditate. And you had invited me to come down. And for whatever reason, I couldn't make it. But I saw the video and I was like, oh, that looks so amazing. And we just have kind of continued to follow each other and keep in tune with each other over the years and finally got to connect. Um, so similar story to, not similar stories to, to Stefan, but sort of in the sense that like, we had continued to develop a relationship but hadn't quite met. So um, 
you you shared a lot of really amazing things um, with me, and I've just watched your journey. I'm curious to know, like, how do you introduce yourself? Um, before you get into that, too, I, like, I, it's such a similar story with like you and Stefan. Just how uh, like, uh oh, stalker stalker has has taken over. Always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. It's probably that intro part about how y'all linked up. Oh yes, I'm assuming that that's probably because you know when um when we were in LA, Stefan was actually actually when we were at the yoga retreat and um. When we were in uh, Stalker is a Beast, look, uh, Stefan, tell him. It's an honor just to. Oh, oh that's a bummer because he's going to have to say all that over again. It's like when you spend time creating some content and recording a video and you'd be like, damn, I wasn't hitting record or whatever. <laughs> you gotta... For me, I get going in my, the lawn people come and they're blowing in the back. <laughs> that part. Yes, yeah, he got closed the windows. Um, but yeah, when we were in the at the retreat in Malibu, um, Stefan was like, you know, you should you you should meet Adrian and Amir. And because he had been to one of their Eat Move Meditate events as well. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm game. So when I was staying in LA for a couple of days, um, it was, we actually ended up linking up and connecting and we were supposed to just do lunch. And so we did lunch, but we were having so much fun. I was like, y'all want to come back to the pool at the hotel? So we went and they, they went and got champagne and strawberries at the, uh, at the Trader Joe's and we all kicked it at the pool. You know, it was a beautiful like sunset with the palm, like total LA vibes, palm trees in the back. It was beautiful. And we got a chance to really like connect and share stories and, um, and just, you know, it was so great to be with people of like mind who spoke the same language because a lot of times as, you know, and you know this, okay. All right. I mean, we're going to get you back in here. Um, it's difficult to find people who speak your language sometimes when you're doing certain things. Okay. Hey, I'm back. All right. Good, good. We, you coming in clear. Um, well, you uh, you actually, we didn't get a chance to hear anything, really. So you, oh. can, you can take it from the top. No, I was saying that, you know, I was just, it's very similar to how you and Stefan met. And just, um, I was just really excited. And it's been like, I've been following, we've been following each other for a while. And, you know, I really admire the work that you do and how creative your work looks. Just on social and then just meeting you too, like you're very social and just open to receiving. And uh, I just want to say it's an honor just to connect finally and I admire everything you do. So thank you. Oh man, the feeling is so mutual. I remember the day that I was, I was getting my little workouts in on the, the Nike training club app and I seen a mirror in there and I said, wait a minute. I was so <laughs> hyped. I went and posted it and, you know, said, I can't remember if I sent you a message, but 
the feeling is so mutual. I feel like y'all are um, giants in your city. That's the way I see it. I feel like y'all are doing just amazing work. Um, and I'm always inspired by what y'all are doing. So just know the feeling is absolutely 100% mutual. Thank you. Mm. Um, so tell us, you know, what are the things that make up who is Amir? What are the things that make up Amir? Um, I would say, um, like I said, the first thing was like focused. I'm very focused and a driven person. I'm very passionate about my work. I'm very, I don't want to, that's not the right word, lack of a better word, like serious, but I'm just very, I'm serious about my, my students and about my community and about the work I put in behind the scenes when nobody else is looking, they just see what's going on on social media, but behind the scenes, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot, a lot, but that's, I would say that's a little bit about what brings about Amir. Just, I'm very passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I love what I stand for. I uh, love my people. And I love trying, not trying, but I love building community with people that look like me. Mm, yes, I love that. Um, what was it like for you? Because you're from LA, right? Talk, tell us a little bit about um, what it was like growing up for you and what were some of your first um, examples of, of wellness, particularly with black men? <laughs> well, growing up in LA, there wasn't any type of wellness in black men. <laughs> that, was, that was just foreign to me at the time. Uh, Growing up from a child, I mean, as a child, I had a lot of, you know, black friends. Like, I was in a very black community. So I grew up with a lot of people that look like me mm. and just a lot of color, period, just from black, from Hispanic to the Filipinos to to Koreans to any, all across the board. Like, I went in elementary school, I went to school like it was an all, mostly all Korean school. Wow. All the Koreans, too, looked like they were, they had they had a melanin in them. It was just, it was weird. But I went to, yeah, all across the board, it's just, we had so many, it was just so diverse and just been so diverse in, uh, in LA. And as I got older, there really wasn't any wellness like that for me. Um, I grew up playing football too, so I was just very grind out. You know, you get hurt, throw some dirt on it, get back out there type of person. So, and I was very sharp. You know, I couldn't, I, I was very hot-headed. Mm. Um, couldn't really tell me nothing. Mm. <laughs> and like, so I would say wellness didn't kick in for me until I got into, uh, I got into college. Mm. And um, actually from, one from a whole diverse setting to going to school in North Dakota where, Woo. Totally opposite. Yeah. 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 So it was just a culture shock. I literally had like the definition of what I went through. Like that's what culture shock was. I nobody looked like me. I'm used to everybody looking like me. Um, hmm. Felt very isolated, but it was a great experience because I got to get out of my box and get to learn more about how to navigate in the world, in the real world, when a time when you know you don't have people growing up like that anymore looking like you and you're in submersed in a real world where predominantly white people are 
or, or the setting. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I enjoyed the experience. Like looking back now, it made me who I am today. And as far as mm. um, with the wellness, my wellness journey was by myself. Again, it wasn't somebody like we had a group of people like, yeah, I've been we've been doing this wellness journey together. Like it really just found me from a, a friend of mine took me to a yoga class. Mm. Uh, I want to say this was around 08, like 08. And I had just finished football practice and she hit me up. She's like, hey, Mary, I'm about to go take this yoga class. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yoga class? I'm like, my mind at the time, mentally, was like, uh, there's probably going to be some females there, so run it. Let's just see. I don't know. That was my <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let me see what I can see. <laughs> so my mindset at the time was just that. So I went in, and it was a hot yoga class. Everybody in there is white. Nobody looked like me. I'm looking like, where am I? And... It was really hot and everybody was really calm. Mm. And I noticed that I was on 10, just like what's going on. There's mirrors everywhere in the studio. So I'm looking at people, looking at me, looking at other people. And it it was just very distracting at the time. And we started getting into these yoga poses. And there was one specific pose, Mm. just balancing stick. We're just pretty much standing on one leg. And I noticed that I couldn't stand on one leg. Hmm. Like, I, I noticed I didn't have balance. Hmm. And as an athlete, you know, mentally for, my, for myself, that messed up my ego. I'm like, wait a minute. You got these, these white women in here and these white men in here doing this with ease. And I'm over here huffing and puffing, got to sit down. So that hmm. really, wow, that really at the time was like, okay, like a kind of a wake up call for me. It's like, I need this. Hmm. Like I, I should be here every day. So I made it my goal to have football in the morning and I would do my yoga training in the evening. Wow. So I started to integrate yoga into my football training. Wow. So that was my mindset at the time. Like, oh, I'm taking yoga to to perform better in my in my in my football. Mm-hmm. That was just my mindset at the time, but not knowing that it was gonna take me further than I ever expected like I didn't even know that I was going to be end up becoming a yoga instructor and creating a brand and creating community like I that had that was not even a spark in my mind Mm. so once I started seeing myself heal through traumas through as far as football through injuries that I've been holding on to since I was a kid and actually starting to feel it heal I'm like man Mm. athletes we need this like we need yoga, so um, I had a mentor at the time. She was my yoga teacher, and I she knew everything about like everything I was going through as far as just being a, a black male and just uh, uh, an athlete. And I and at the time. I was going through this transition of like life after football and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. And she was like, Amir, why don't you try doing a teacher training? You know, you've been taking my class for years and I've just been watching you grow, you know, look into a yoga teacher. And I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Like, I'm just keep doing my practice, 
And she was like, well, you know, think about it. We're going to have a yoga teacher training coming up in a month. Think about it. So us and a month came around. I was I still didn't get picked up to play football. I was still like doing football training and going to uh, camps or whatnot. And nothing came about. So I'm like, all right, let me see what this yoga teacher training is. And it pretty much changed my whole life. Like to make a long story short, like it changed my life. Like I, there was, I know that one of the, I think we talked about this. One of the hardest postures for me was Savasana. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't stay still for nothing. Like I kept myself, I noticed myself always fidgeting, always wiping sweat off my face or something. I just had to itch or get the scratch out my ear or whatnot. But Mm -hmm. when the time that I really found stillness, I just broke down and started crying. Mm. And for me at the time, I was, I was, I felt very, very vulnerable. I'm like, why am I crying? But all these white people around me, I can't <laughs> cry like this. Like, this. This is too much. And, you know, my teacher was like, it's okay. Like, you, you finally found your stillness. Mm. So I just had a lot of layers that I was shedding as I was going through this teacher training that I just been holding on as a child. And I think for black males, it's like, for yoga, in my experience, it helps us to release trauma to, that we've been holding on to and pretty much to kind of shed that ego that, you know, we have and being able to balance your ego. You have this feminine and masculine energy where you're, you have full balance. You know, you, you can show you have love within you that you can start to radiate out onto others but you can't start loving anybody until you find that love from within and that's what happened with me and then once i started finding love for myself that's when i found my beautiful partner adrian and we created this beautiful community together so it's all it's all a beautiful experience but you know i say my teacher used to tell me this is all the journey there's no destination in to any part of your life Mm. You know, everything is going to be a journey. So mm. I'm still on my journey. Wow. <laughs> I know that was long-winded. No, no, it was so <laughs> good. Nicole, I'm sure you have thoughts swirling. I'd love to get your input here or questions. I do, and it is a pleasure to, to meet with you. And this, too, is vulnerable. So to see you standing in your vulnerability with such balance today is we can feel it, you know. And I think as anybody is listening, there's almost, I felt a sensation to sit up hmm. straight and and to, to give appreciation for my balance. My question is, as a former athlete, I think Andy can relate to that moment where it was, wait, I should be able to do this. I can't. I do this pose. You know, it seems pretty simple. You stand on one foot. Hey, what's going on here? Would you say that's when it shifted? When did, would you say it shifted to wellness? You know, we use this word, but it is not a word that I heard growing up. Mm-hmm. It's not a word that was um, familiar. Mm-hmm. So I heard balance, and I heard, well, I'm going to use this to help me with the physical of football. Mm-hmm. But then it really came back to the balance, you said, of your masculine feminine, your balance of what's going on on the inner 
I'm going to share on the outer outer his community. So mm-hmm. when was the shift mm-hmm. from physical or to wellness? And how do you define wellness? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Nicole. Thank you. Um, the wellness part came about, like I said before, you know, I, I used I was using yoga in the beginning to enhance my performance and as an athlete. But the wellness part came in for me um, when I went through my teacher training and just learning the philosophy of yoga and just getting the background and knowing that there's eight limbs to yoga. Yoga is not just about the asanas. You know, there's more uh, there's more to it. And what happened for me was like, again, a lot. I was doing a lot of shedding like a lot of just internal shedding to the point where I got to a point where the food that I was eating wasn't even tasting the same. Mm. And like literally chicken started to taste like flesh. I wasn't, I didn't have a great appetite. Um, Burgers and stuff was really starting to um, just feel like acid. And at the time, I was doing a hot teacher training. So we would do hot yoga every day before we actually sat down and got into the philosophy of Mm -hmm. practice. Mm -hmm. So it was hot yoga class, then we go sit down. Like, what was it, 15 weeks straight? Like, every day? So I was losing a lot of toxins. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know this at the time. And I asked my teacher one day, I said, yo, my food tasted different. Like, and my bowel movements ain't the right way no more. And I'm actually, like, not feeling food that I'm eating. And she actually laughed at me. And she was like, Amir, you've been doing such a beautiful job. You've been been actually detoxifying your body. Mm -hmm. And you're losing the the toxins and you're re-alkalining the body. Mm. So you're losing a lot of acidic taste buds. So all my taste buds, she was saying, was re-alkalining. So I was like, wow. So from there, I had to start to learn how to become, or not even become, but what foods I can eat. I'm like, okay, if this is right, then what can I eat? So I went through this whole vegetarian phase. I went through a whole pescatarian phase. I'm like trying to figure out what certain foods I can eat. And the homies used to be like, bro, why are you over here eating this salad? And there's right. a whole pot of chicken over here. Like, what you doing? So, like, and I had the homies that back in the day, like, laughing at me because they're like, yo, what are you eating over here? So I had to go through that. And then that also went with family. Mm-hmm. I remember a Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving 2015. I'll never forget this. Thanksgiving 2015. You know, grandma cooked the food. You got everything, the yams and everything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this. I'm going to celebrate. i got to have something because I haven't ate in a while like this. And I started eating the food. And I usually have a good, like, two to three plates easy. And I still was on my first plate. I'm like, well, let me put this down. I don't feel right. And then, long story short, I ended up throwing up the food. I threw up from one end and the other end. Like, it was just bad. So I was curled up on my grandmother's bed in the back for the whole Thanksgiving. And I'm thinking at first, I'm like, did I get food poisoned? But nobody else was sick but me. So 
I, after that day, I was like, okay, I can't do a lot of shit that I used to do or that people usually do. So I noticed that I was in a shift at the time. So for me, I think that's where my wellness started to kick in. And it's like, okay, let me start taking this seriously. And so for me, I guess it, I would say it had to start internally with, with the food I ate. So I was starting to be conscious about my eating habits and what I'm actually putting in my body at the time. So for me, it was internally, I was looking to clean my temple as far as, you know, how wellness started for me. That answer your question. Mm. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, I love the way you talk because it paints beautiful visuals <laughs> for people to follow because um, some people, people don't know. They don't know what's happening. And so, like you said, what's going on? Things are shifting. Things are changing. This is getting woo-woo. This is getting weird. So, um, and I love what your mentor said. You're, you're doing so beautiful. You're doing so beautiful. <laughs> I'm weak. Stefan said that happened to me when I first went plant-based. I thought I could just have the juice of the gumbo pot with some rice and be cool. He said I was very wrong. Like... You, you tried it. You tried it. <laughs> but the body knows, right? Like, Nicole, you always say exactly. that. The body knows. It doesn't lie. It ought, it ought, constant, consistently is giving us feedback um, and giving us information and cues. Um, it's just whether we listen in or not, right? And at some point, it's going to force us to listen. And, um, and then we have to adjust. So... That is a trip. I, I could imagine that that what that Thanksgiving must have been like. And people like, what the hell? Where are Amir at? What the hell happened to Amir? Exactly, that part. <laughs> <laughs> he curled up in the bed like, what? Oh, my goodness. Um, so, you know, being that you're embarking on this journey that is new to you, uh, it's a discovery um, of self in a way that you probably didn't expect. Um, and the contrast of the world around you in that it's not something that you saw or grew up with. Um, what did it look like? You know, how did the people around you respond? Or rather, how did you manage the response? Um how did you manage the response and what happened as a result of you choosing to be well? That's a great question. Um, as a result of that, you know, everybody has different journeys through their wellness. And, but I truly believe once you really deep, dig deep down into yourself, into your wellness, it's very um, isolated. Uh, you start to see yourself, um, it's just you. Mm. And I think that's the part of the fear that you have to go through in order to like tap in with you because it's going to be a lonely ride. Nobody's really going to support, you know, you eating a different way than everybody else. And as, um, and that starts with family. It starts with friends because, you know, you have your traditions and people are like, boy, you're not going to eat that. You know, I done made this and da, da, da. And then trying to explain to your, your parents and they still don't understand. So 
Um, my wellness was pretty much kind of like leading by example. So I couldn't really tell anybody like what to do because at the time it was like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know nothing type of thing. And you know, you got that in some families is like, you too young to know about something. You, you don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, so I used to just keep my mouth shut and just do me. So it was a lot of like alone time that I had, you know, I lost from my mindset, not even to do certain things that I wanted to do anymore. Like, just going uh, out partying and drinking and shit like party, that going to the club like hey we about to go get this table like i'm cool i ain't about to spend x amount of bread to go sit at and just look at people i'm straight so um <laughs> i just yeah i just found a lot of alone time for myself and that helped me um focus on me and and just dig deeper into like my self-awareness mm-hmm. so for anyone that's going through some type of wellness journey, you know, just know that it's for you and for you only. It's, it's not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets you to a point where you get to know yourself more and you get to love yourself more, which is the most important part. I think just as black males, we need to know, we need to learn how to, uh, how to learn, love ourselves. And there's a ha- to do that, there's a, ha- there's a lot of unlearning to do and relearning a lot of new things. So, um, yeah, that answered anything. No, it definitely did. Um, it, it also, I have to ask this too, because, you know, when we make those type of decisions of the things that we're no longer going to do and the other things that we're interested in taking a part in, there has to be some type of payout, right? We are incentivized type of people. Like, you know, actually do something, we have to feel like we're getting something out of it. So what were, I'm curious as to what did you see as such a benefit and such a gain that you were willing to uh, let go of friendships, that you were willing to, you know, not participate in the same you know, social circle, doing these things, doing those things, but rather just doing your own journey alone and being okay with that. What were was the transformation that you were experiencing? What was so good about what you were seeing that you chose it over what was familiar and what was comfortable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for myself, I guess I just started to notice what I really enjoy doing. Like, just as a person, like, I didn't like going out, but I like going out on hikes and I like enjoying nature and I like reading. And there was just a lot of things that I thought I liked, but it was just as far as, oh, because the homies is doing this, I'm going to go ahead and do this. So you really, again, you get to really sit with yourself and get to understand yourself and and, and be able to say no. You know, <laughs> like no is a, is a powerful word. Like, a lot of us don't know how to say no. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, I, I'll get to it. Or I think, and you're putting all so much stuff on your plate. And like, there was a point where, you know, I was working like five different jobs. You know, I had clients. I had, I was working at a restaurant. I was, I was doing Postmates. I was on my bike uh, traveling to downtown. 
to the beach to I was just going all over the place. So I just noticed that my plate was getting full and because I didn't know how to say no. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to like be still. So when I got to notice know myself more, I'm like, shit, I ain't gotta be doing this. Like, no, I don't wanna do it. Mm. Okay, you do no, I I can't be there. I'm sorry. Uh maybe next time. Mm-hmm. So being able to be comfortable to just say no, especially to your parents. Like, oh yes. Your your black parents as <laughs> you grew up. That's a whole thing. That's, that's a whole thing. So being able to like hold your ground and like be know who you are, like know what you accept and like what's out and what's in. Mm. So like that was important for me. That was that was really important. It sounds to me really like you got to know who you really are. Versus like going through the motions of what often is just presented to us as a result of what our environment is like and the people in it and what yes. is what is the norm for that space and then just participating because they're, you know, you don't know better because that's just what right. it is. But exactly. to actually, um, you know, you go somewhere where you get completely pulled out of your circle, you're exposed to something completely different. So you start to see the world get bigger, right? In that moment, like, oh, there's other shit out here. And in a way, I think that that can open our minds up to other things even when we come back. Like, we may see things differently when we return. Or we may be more open to new experiences. And it just sounds like you were really, um, you really accepted the you know what was put in front of you as a possibility to get to know yourself like for who you really are not just who you are as a product of your environment yeah i i I believe i believe that for sure because i don't want people to think and just especially just us I, i just i just know just the mentality as far as like when you're doing yoga you don't have to be like oh i'm I'm spiritual and I'm, I'm all this and I can, you know, it's just like this mystical like thing that's, that's just, and you got to wear all different type of new shit and you got jewelry on and crystals and all that. It ain't, it ain't nothing about that. It, mm-hmm. it, it has nothing to do about that. It's really about knowing you and how deep you can go within to really bring about love from from yourself and that build up and that building of love and, and acceptance and and releasing trauma and once it's a lot of shedding it's years of shedding that we like there's there's generations of trauma that that's been in our dna that's traveled to us but also being able to build us even stronger i feel like even the trauma builds us into something mutates us into something of more strength being able to know that you have that strength and being able to release it and accept it and then move forward from that is, is a whole different, you know, experience. And that's what I feel like yoga does. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, oh, I enhanced in certain parts of my brain where, you know, I'm <laughs> mystical. Like, it, it's, it's nothing like that.
I come from like a very authentic background. So like everything I'm going to say is from my experience. I'm not going to give you nothing. The hocus pocus. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, this is how, this is what helped me. I'm going to see if this can help you the same way. Cause this, you know, we come from the same area. So hopefully this <laughs> can help you the same way. You know, that's how in my approach. It, yeah. That comes from not even people that look like me. Any other people that I've just worked with, period, they're like, you know, I can really relate to that. And that's how I can also relate to athletes because I'm not coming to them about some hocus pocus. I'm like, yo, this is what I was doing when I was playing ball. I see how this enhanced my performance. Um, I saw my recovery. I saw that my um, cardiovascular system was even stronger. My lungs was more... I can take in more oxygen. I know how to be calm on the field and off the field. Maybe this can help you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Oh, damn! This is this sounds kind of tight." Like, I'm I'm with that. Like, let's let me try it. So mm -hmm. it's all about just being. For me, it's all about just being tapping into you and being authentic to your true self. And you know, you can hopefully share this journey as well. Agreed. I love that. I love that for so many reasons. Authenticity is my favorite word. I use it all the time with clients because um, what I heard you describe, Amir, was I come from an authentic place, and so I stayed authentic with myself. You know, when you talked about the strength, there's this strength, but you can't say love. You said self-love. You said a deeper knowledge of self so that you can emit love, express love, and so many times as black humans it's strength first mm. but for those of us who had a nurturing environment it was always love but the strength has to cover the love so much so that you're just operating in strength a lot of times and we forget the history and that we're rooted and we're grounded in love mm. and that's beautiful Oh wait, Nicole. It sounds like it oh. sounds like Yoga was able. Yeah. You back? You went out. Yeah, you back. Okay. It, it sounds like uh, Yoga was able to do that for you to bring you back and rooted and centered in love. And like you said, then my strength—it's a different strength, right? Like there's strength in vulnerability. There's strength in authenticity because you're rooted in self love. So. I just, oh, I really appreciate those <sighs> words, authenticity and love. Thanks, Nicole. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This is, yeah, this is awesome. I have a couple of more directions I want to go. Um, and you started to get into it, so it's a good segue. So then how does the decision to create Yogi Athlete and build the platform tell us about that? Yeah, um, like, yeah, Yogi Athlete um, came about just, again, from myself experiencing my journey through yoga, and as I was healing through the practice, like, for example, um, I was playing arena football, and um, I ended up tearing my ligaments in my right ankle. Mm. Um, I, I came down on it wrong, and I, I had like a torn ligament and I went to physical therapy and they pretty much told me I was going to miss the rest of the season. They're like, you're pretty much done. You're not going to heal within, you know, 12 to 16 weeks. So 
I'm like, okay, should I stay out here and keep doing physical therapy or should I go back home and go back to my teacher and start doing yoga? So I made a decision to go back home and uh, practice uh, in my for yoga, in my yoga training. And from the 12 to 16 weeks that they told me, I got back within eight weeks. And I got to play the last few seasons, the last few games of the season. So from there, too, I was like, you know, athletes need this. You know, we need this. So that's pretty much what drove me to create Yogi Athlete was just about I was looking out as far as how athletes can heal themselves because we don't, the majority of us don't know how to heal ourselves as far as an athlete. We just, just go hard, go hard, go hard. And, you know, a great example is, um, you know, in a uh, football season around the corner. So just take this time when when preseason starts, take the time to see how many athletes, how many young athletes get injured in preseason. Because they go so hard Mm. and are training so much for this shot that they're not resting. And nobody's telling them to rest. And the the most important part of training is rest. Mm -hmm. Wow. And nobody... You know, that that's just goes over a lot of people's heads. But in order for us to be even stronger, there needs to be healing in and when you're going hard in something. So I noticed that and I wanted to give back to athletes in that type of way. And I was on this journey for a couple of years on my own about it. And that's when I met, you know, Adrian and she believed in the mission and she saw the vision. And she wanted me, she wanted to help create that vision. So now, you know, Adrian, she is actually the CEO of Yogi Athlete. So without her, there wouldn't be a lot. I'll still try to put the pieces together. Like somebody help me because I'm out here putting pieces, a thousand word puzzle together by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we know it? (laughs) So yeah, that's how Yogi Athlete started. And um, from then, from there, um, I noticed too, just working with athletes is very challenging because you're also working with ego mm. and a lot of a lot of it. And so, you know, they hear, yo, I ain't doing this, or who's this dude that's, I'm not dude, but you know, I want to say, but you know, who's this that think he know what he's doing about yoga? But but let them know, and, and this is what's the fucked up thing about us, it's like, but let them know, but, but let a white woman come up in there and they're ready to pay attention. Come on. You know, mm-hmm. you know like, oh, was she, uh, you know, so I had to go through that challenge a lot, but then mm-hmm. I started to, uh, then I started to understand, like I was saying, how to relate to them and how to come about that. But that also took me to even look broad, to broader about, you know, how can I help people that look like me instead of athletes? And that came about with Eat, Move, Meditate. And we started Eat, Move, Meditate in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, just bringing yoga, meditation, um, plant-based vendors, just bringing everything education, educational about a healthy plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I wanted that in my community because in South LA, like South LA is pretty much a food desert. You got to go like five miles out to find a Whole Foods. Or you got to go out to find a Trader Joe's or the farmer's markets that we do have. We not really, it should be more, you know, we don't have a lot. So I wanted to bring something about where it's like, okay, 
how can I bring wellness towards not just athletes, but my whole community, like of people that just look like me. So that that actually drove me and, and gave me more focus to to build about you know what I'm building as as of today. Mm. very beautiful um and i'm sure it must have felt i mean as as those of us who like really love and build community it's such a joy to see people exposed to see people who um who are feeling isolated right in their journey to come together with other people of like mind to make friends at your events and it's an incredible experience um what has been the most rewarding thing for you for, uh, of what you have built? Um, the most rewarding thing is um, giving back. Again, going back to building a community of people. Like The most rewarding thing, too, is just somebody coming up to me that look like me and be like, bro, I've never done med meditation before. And like, I thought about some... Uh, Body that came to our meditation, I did a melanin man's meditation uh, event, and somebody saying like, yo, I thought about my grandmother and so many other things, and I ended up almost crying, and like, just hearing people of like, hey, I've never taken a deep breath and actually felt my breath like that, and just like, mm. it, it, it comes to a point where it's just like, it gives me I don't know what the word is, but like, I just love to see us coming back to like the basics, even as far as like mm. listening to the rhythm of your heartbeat, like feeling or internally seeing like your, your, your lungs expand and contrast, like, like just, just to really, to feel yourself internally. Like it's, it's a blessing because we're so detached from ourselves so just hearing those simple things like bro i've been breathing in my chest this whole time i didn't know i was supposed to breathe from my belly like <laughs> like just like and how we come about it like be like <laughs> like just be like bro i didn't know this or i like that just gives me like that excites me that gives me like joy you know just to see that so yes yeah. i love that Especially for black men, right? And especially in, in South LA, like you said, um, where there isn't the encouragement to to look at self. It's all about this it's all about survival. It's all about watching what's happening outside of you and around you to keep yourself away from harm. But you know, ignoring everything that's happening within, you know, not not and not necessarily like as a choice, but because no one has guided you otherwise. Or it um, hasn't been safe. What's that? Or it hasn't been safe. You know, the environment is. requires that your nervous system has your hypervigilance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely, because we're, we're so caught up in our, you know, our sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight mode. Yes. And especially just being in, you know, South LA, you're yes. on alert, you're on 10 yes. all the time. So all just time. being able to be, 
in a safe space where you feel comfortable, where you can actually breathe and actually tap into your parasympathetic nervous system, that calming effect, and really, you know, tune in um, is is very rewarding when, once you once you get to experience it. Yes, so rewarding. <sighs> okay, I want to take one little turn down the turnpike uh, in this conversation. Um, when we were in LA, we sat at the table and we talked and um, I had shared with y'all that um, some stuff that we talked about at the retreat and I was telling y'all how um, how the physical, how my physical practice, the asana practice of, of my yoga has not been consistent for a long time and how teaching yoga um, I think is a part of the reason why I don't feel the same connection to my practice that I used to. Um, and I also, you know, when we were at the retreat, I shared this with the attendees that, you know, if I could choose to practice or to teach, I would teach because I'd rather give it to other people than to have it for myself. But you talked about how your asana practice also wasn't like heavy at the moment. And so I, you know, being that, and this is true for both of us, because my journey started in a hot, like my real yoga journey started in a hot yoga class too, on about in a balancing pose, in a one-legged pose uh, that I was struggling in, but I had like a moment of that yogic bliss. You know, I just like everything disappeared and it was like, it was, I mean, everything was there, but like there was nothing but the feeling of bliss at the same time. And I knew that there was something in that practice different than what you experience, but you know, being that we both come from a place of where the physical aspect of yoga really transformed and shifted us to be in a place now where that that is not as prominent of a part of our practice. Um, a lot of people think that the yoga really is just getting on the mat. And so I'm curious as to your perspective on on that and how your yoga practice has shifted. Yeah, um, great question. Um, again, when I was going back to, you know, the eight limbs of yoga, you know, there's so many different avenues that people can meet yoga at a different space. You don't have to start in the asana practice, which is the yoga postures. You can start in non-attachment. You can start in uh, non-judgment. I had a friend I was talking to, and I haven't talked to her in years, and where she was just talking about her, you know, her life and what she's been going through. And I'm like, man, you know, you're doing a lot of uh, some limbs and some yoga. And she was like, what you mean? And we talk, and she was like, man, you've been, you know, non-attached. She was like, she has been like doing non-attachment and just being less judgmental and just staying focused on her. And I'm like, you're doing yoga. Mm -hmm. you know, this is, and she's like, wow. She was like, I didn't even know. So it's just finding yoga's going to find you, you know, you're not going to find it. It's going to find you. Mm. And for me, um, you know, mine start with the asanas, you know, and from starting with the asana, you know, just like you, I started to see my practice kind of like change. And at first I thought it was bad. I'm like, man, I'm not doing as much asana like I should be. And I thought I was off track, but what I noticed for myself is, my meditations have become very consistent. And that's the first thing I do 
every morning before I get up. Uh, 45 minutes to 60 minutes of stillness and just wow. sitting in meditation. And my teacher told me a long time ago, and this is just known fact is you start to learn more about the yoga philosophy is you do the asanas to open your body to where you can find stillness. Mm-hmm. So for myself, I was practicing so much and consistently to the point where I noticed that I can sit upright. You know, I noticed that I can sit in lotus for a long periods of time without my legs quivering or my hips are tight or my back is hurting. It's like I can really just focus on the alignment of my posture and being able to sit in stillness. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what strengthened I felt like my practice as far as my mindset and being able to visualize and create things that I want and manifest and that's where manifestation takes place. You know, a lot of people think like, oh let me just close my eyes and say, I want this, I want that. It's like, no, clear your mind first, clear the thoughts that's going on in your mind and, and being able to observe it, not, not, not to judge it, but just being able to sit back. Like you're looking through the windows of your soul and you're just being able to observe the world. Like you're doing that with your thoughts and just watch your thoughts and then watch how your thoughts start to slow down. And then from slowing down, notice how, you don't really have any more thoughts. So once you, that mind is quiet, once you start to have a quiet mind, you can start to implement your affirmations. You know, I am, I am determined. I am valuable. I am patient. I am kind. I am, uh, I am love. I am generous. Uh, I am abundant. Um, I, I surround myself around kind-hearted people. Um, all these things. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. When you start to say, say these things in a clear mind a conscious mind it starts to go into your subconscious and then you start to see yourself actually doing this in the real world not just in the manifestation world but you're starting to create from the out from the inside out mm-hmm. and you're starting yeah. to see yourself live through your meditation and that's literally what i've been seeing like everything that i've that i've been asking for is coming to me it might not come to me when I want it, like then and there, but I see it like manifesting. I see it creating. I'm seeing seeing it evolve, and that's where I'm at in my practice right now. Like I don't go. There's not a day that I I miss my meditation. Mm. You know, so I treat my I, I treat my meditation now like 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 training. Like going to the gym or like going to my asana. You're not gonna you're not gonna go into the gym for ten minutes. You know, you're not about to go work out for five minutes. You know, <laughs> like when you're in a gym, you're in the gym for like an hour, right. five minutes to sixty minutes or plus. So yeah. that was my mindset. And for anybody that's listening, know that you don't have to sit in a meditation for that long. Like I went from being only being able to sit in a meditation for two minutes. And then opening my eye, one eye, just to see if I still got more time left on my uh, on my timer. Like, oh, I only got sixty seconds left. I could have done that, or I had thirty seconds left. So there's like there's levels to it. Like you might sit in a meditation for two minutes one day, and then and you stay and you keep that consistent. And then you might see your meditation jump up from fifteen minutes. Like, oh my god, that fifteen minutes only felt like 
60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you go from 20 minutes. Oh, that 20 minutes felt like five minutes. And then it just keeps on building. You keep on building into a place where you're strengthening your meditation because your brain is like a muscle as well. So you're strengthening that brain just like you would strengthen anything else on your body. And so that's where I'm at now with just my practices. It's a deeper meditation. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the asana. And I, but right now, like you said too, I, I feel like I'm in a more place where I'm building and I'm, I'm giving more. But at the same time, as healers, we also got to look out for ourselves and notice when we're giving too much. Yes. And like really sit back and be like, all right, let me let me come back to myself and let me regain my energy again, so I can so I can, so I won't be depleted as I'm as I'm giving. So then it comes to a point where it's like this dude don't know he look like, looking like he's talking about he, he looks tired. He got bags under his eyes. Like what, what are you out here doing? Like, Listen. So, <laughs> <laughs> Grocery bags. Right. So you always want to. Always make sure that you're healing yourself first. Always make sure you're taking care of yourself first because you can't take care of anybody else but but you first. So that's important. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nicole? That's, that's, I, that's it. You can't take care of anyone else but you first. Um, and so I just, I it was just really, again, beautiful to hear you speak about the subconscious, to hear you speak about clearing the mind and manifestation because essentially you're talking about rewiring your brain mm-hmm. and when you do that you rewire your nervous system mm-hmm. and that's, that's mental health Definitely. mental health is that the thoughts that you're having are healthy mm-hmm. the thoughts that you're experiencing don't create a vibration in you that causes you to you know when we're talking about mental health when we're talking about wellness what you just described is, um, you said, my quote, healing through the practice. Because when I hear yes. healing through the practice, I immediately give myself grace and compassion. Because yes. that reminds me, healing through the practice is, is ongoing. And as you said, your mentor taught you that there's no destination. Um, I have to bounce out to, to supervise some folks. This is where I need you both. But Amir... It is a pleasure. I look forward, pleasure, Nicole. I look forward to my in-person experience because I think in person, I think you just, I think you're like, my nervous system would just be like, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, you like to hear, breathe, breathe like this? Wonderful. And that's a leader because sometimes you need people in Airbnb the same way I teach her. You need people who, who have been there long enough, which are regulated. Because my nervous system mm. will pick up on it and trust mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I have trusted you since the moment you started speaking. Oh, and thank you, Nicole. For us as women and for other black men and people who look like us, that is everything. Mm-hmm. So thank you for doing your work and sharing your work with us. Thank you. I appreciate you. Much love. Yeah, Much love, Nicole. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, thank you, Amir. That was everything. I can't wait to listen back to this again. Um, so many gems shared. I just appreciate your time and your energy. Um, and I too look forward to my in-person experience. <laughs> and I look forward to us just working together, together, period. So again, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. And I, yeah, I'm just happy that we got a chance to connect. So 
Yes. I appreciate you as well. Definitely. Definitely. All right, y'all. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. Peace out. We will see you next week. Thanks again, Amir. Have a beautiful day. You too, Angie. Peace.